You're listening to the Crowdfunding Nerds Podcast, a podcast that will help you succeed before, during, and after your crowdfunding event. And now, here is your host, Andrew Lowen. Hey, everybody, and welcome to another awesome episode of Crowdfunding Nerds. I am your host, Andrew Lowen, and I'm joined as always by Rick and Sean. But today we have a special guest. His name is David Diaz of Mesa Game Lab, and he's awesome, uh, published game designer, and also an extremely um, influential videographer that does amazing, amazing work. He's so influential that he influenced me to pay him for his services. I was very happy with those services. And now he's gone full-time into his videography work for board games and for crowdfunding campaigns. And so we brought him on to chat about creating a Kickstarter video or you know, a video for a crowdfunding campaign and all the good, the bad, and the ugly that goes with that. How to do it well, and welcome, David. Thank you. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah. So wait, wait, wait. What what, what services did did you pay David for? Uh, so he he created our Kickstarter teaser trailer. He did our Kickstarter like components, like three D components, uh, where it shows the game in progress and has kind of that you know like a voiceover and that sort of thing. It's a uh, it's like a a minute or two minute long Kickstarter trailer. We had two different versions. And then in addition to that, we did uh, 3D renders of GIFs that showed, you know, very important parts of the gameplay just to show people how the game is played. And if you're wondering where to do GIFs, then David is your guy. Uh, you need a videographer to create a 3D uh, video and they can clip out, you know, five second you know, elements from that video or 15 second elements and use a GIF to show people how the game is played. Um, that's become a very important thing, you know, on Kickstarter nowadays. But yeah, I always think the GIFs, the GIFs show it off better than just a bunch of still images on the, on, in the how to play section. Right. And, uh, but you did actually even more than that for me. You were kind of like my go-to for emergency 3d <laughs> that's right yeah. yeah we did a lot of individual component renders for like your updates and uh your stretch goals and things like that so yeah, yeah. And those those really pop those i was real impressed with the with those um that was just it, it you like like you said andrew that actually brings out the game in you know and david you know yeah it's better than just a still photo um it really makes it you know more like you're like you, you see what's going on i mean it's just like it's like as opposed to a photo so yeah I definitely love those. Those were those were really great. Thanks. So, uh, David, just tell tell the the community who you are and you know some of your experience, you know, so that we can get an idea of why we should believe you when you. Say awesome. <laughs> yeah. So you already know my name. I come from a background of uh, what, like eighteen years now of working as an animator in like the film and television industry. I started out in cartoons years ago. And uh, the past like six years, I've been doing live action, like visual effects for, you know, Disney and Netflix and, and, and films as, and TV shows as well. So that's been pretty cool. But yeah, about six, seven years ago, maybe six years ago, I started dabbling in like board game design. I eventually designed the game Fossilis, uh, which Kids Table Board Gaming published uh, late in late 2020, early 2021, which was awesome. And during that Kickstarter is when I thought, hey, why don't I, uh, I offered them, hey, can I make the video? They already had a videographer. So I said, well, let me make some gifts for the page. Uh, so I did the gifts for Fossilis. And uh, yeah, I got a lot of good feedback for them. 
Uh, so I thought, hey, maybe I can make a little money on the side. And yeah, so I started Mesa Game Lab, started doing GIFs, and then moved into doing full videos. And yeah, it's been going for yeah over two years now. And uh, I just made the move to quit my full-time uh, studio job uh, to be like full-time freelance. So mostly concentrating on yeah Mesa Game Lab. Wow. Um, how, long, how long have you been doing freelance now, David? So full-time just a few weeks oh wow <laughs> but, so you're but for for the last two years i pretty much had two full-time jobs well it, it increased like it started off slow and then probably definitely this this past year i've had just two i've been so super you made, busy you made the big jump the big jump that's what i call the big big jump it was it is a big jump it's a little scary because that's a lot of money to give up <laughs> from a full-time job uh but again uh mesa game lab was to a point where i something had to give i was too busy uh doing both and even though I had I I work with uh, two other people, and uh, I also do some collaborations with other video creators, um, but yeah, now now I get to take on more of it myself. I, I think you'll do great though, because you're a you're a GIF guy and not a GIF guy. <laughs> That's right, it's GIF. So I'm 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 pro GIF. <laughs> you know, I have a lot to say on this topic. Oh First no! Of all, there was a whole Sesame Street episode dedicated to guh 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 and ja ja ja. <laughs> And I'm not sure what side I fall on right now. So maybe you guys can convince me. So it's j j giraffe. So why isn't it j j j? Because the I think, it's I think Gary. The acronym the acronym is graphics interchange format. Yes. So for me, if it starts with graphics, then it's GIF. Yep. There we go. That, that's my. Yeah, but the, the creator. The creator that. called it GIF. I know. GIF. Yeah. yeah. But, but, so. but GIF but is he, he is he is technically wrong. I agree with you, but. I think when the creator <laughs> says, "No, it is." The creator Jeff. did call it Jeff. Yeah, you got to go, go with the creator. It yeah, just I suppose because right you, you think of giant in a GI, it's yeah. So I think that's. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with David that it is the proper way to say. It, but the creator got it wrong, and he demands everyone <laughs> to say it the wrong way. So. <laughs> so David, maybe tell our listeners the the range of your skills. If someone comes to you, do you just do videos? Can you do? images i see that you you do some pics do you do some pixel art i see that you've got a section on like your process on the website has this really cool pixel art that image. is cool i had that I, I i hired a graphic designer to do that because i don't i'm not i'm not much of an illustrator i've always been yeah kind of a 3d artist but in that obviously I, we manipulate a lot of 2d art in our in our stuff so in my I'll career add, I'll also add one other thing which is yeah, yeah like what does a creator need you know, like in, in the list of services, like why would somebody get X, Y, and Z from, from, from you? Uh, what is super essential? And then if they wanted to, you know, just bust out the absolute best possible thing, like they, they would probably use all of your services. Right. But you know, when you share what it is that you can do, maybe talk about who could let, like, who, like, is that an essential thing or, you know, why, why would somebody get that particular thing? Sure, sure. So yeah, like I said, so one of the, yeah, one of the two main things we offer are the gifts. Uh, I do have some clients who just come to me for that. That requires obviously me getting all the artwork from the game, modeling and texturing them in 3D space, and then you know rigging and animating all that, lighting and rendering. Uh, we usually do those just in like a very plain white space. Then if you jump up to a full video 
obviously we can do that in just a plain white space. Or if you want to do something, you know, as good as deliverance, then we, we go full out. We, we create a, a huge, you know, environment. We, we put all sorts of stuff in it. It looks beautiful. We usually try and make it thematic to the game. And I know like for deliverance, we, we, we saw, I saw there was like a cemetery on the, on the map, on one of the maps. So I was like, okay, that this is where the game is going to sit. And we even tried to recreate some of the buildings in the distance and things like that. So you really feel like you're you're in the game. I was pretty thoughtful, by the way. I like I really like when people think, like when there's evidence of marketers thinking. Um, that's that's not as common as you might. Are, are, are marketers supposed to think? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there's like yeah. So and when when someone gets a video, then it's much easier to do the gifts from that because obviously to make the video we have to do everything that we need to do to make the gifts just not you know not as much uh, or not as uh, complicated so the other things we do is is like component uh, spreads so most of the time at the top of a kickstarter page you'll see a really nice you know spread of all the components laid out really nicely that's always good and again we have to do all the kind of pre-production process of creating everything to create those so almost, it's almost like if I have to do all that work, you might as well come to me for your video as well, because mm-hmm. um, I've already made all the stuff that we need to to go ahead. Yeah. Um, that, that's actually one thing that I found, you know, as a first time Kickstarter creator, I had a leg up because I knew a lot of people, but knowing a graphic designer and, you know, that could do 3D stuff and knowing, you know, videographer that could do, uh, you know, a video I really was still unsure of who to pay for what mm-hmm. and to hear, you know, it was funny because when I looked at your website and I looked at the pricing and everything like that, everything's on MesaGameLab.com, right? You know, the pricing tier, like generally, but I, I was like, okay, I'm going to get a video and then I also have to get gifts separately. But I realized after a while, it was actually the first conversation that we had I, you t- you said like oh yeah you know we can create like five gifts out of the video I'm like mm-hmm. oh wait your the gifts aren't going to cost anything more you know and you're like <laughs> yeah if they come yeah. straight out of the video it's it's a matter of you know a few minutes of exporting out of Photoshop kind of thing and and then making sure they they run well so if it's straight from the video with the environment and everything we have done sometimes you know sometimes they look really sharp again just in a white space so there are times where I'll take the animation out of the environment and re-render it in a white space so that that i usually charge a bit for because it's just it's more work and and sometimes sometimes things fly by in the video real fast and for a gif i'll kind of i'll slow down i'll slow it down a bit or whatever but again it's quicker than just you know doing animation from nothing so yeah those tend to be kind of uh you know less i would charge less for that than doing one from scratch I suppose you do sound sound design as well then with these videos and voiceover. You yeah. probably outsource some of that, and but that's kind of comes with the package. Yeah, no, I, I do all of that. Like I'll usually, you know, again, uh, it, it depends on what the client has. Some clients come to me with a fully written script. That's what they want. And they've even gotten a voiceover and have music picked out. Um, and it's all edited. I'm actually working on one now that came in like that. Uh, then I have some people who kind of have an idea of a script and, you know, I'll help them work with it. I've written scripts, you know, from scratch for clients. And then usually for a voiceover, I'll look for a few options for them. Uh, same with music. And then they'll pick their favorites. And then, yeah, then it usually starts with me editing uh, the music and the voiceover together so I can get, you know, okay, this is how long it'll be. This is what what's going to be it. And that kind of 
starts the process of me kind of the creative um visualization of the yeah yeah cool. knowing what what i'll need to do for it well, based based on the script so what what when somebody comes to you with you know and says hey i have a kickstarter project and i want a video for it are there any mistakes that a creator will make that are very common i mean in you know one example maybe just somebody giving you their assets and saying make something with pizzazz you know like <laughs> you know what i mean where somebody comes to you and just like you're the expert just do it make it right and i uh, think you know is that common I guess the most annoying one for me is not having your art assets ready because a lot I've, yeah, I've had some where it's like, they're ready to, they want to do the video. It's due in like four weeks, but they don't have the stuff ready and I won't get it until two weeks before. And then, then, I, then I'm super rushing and, you know, and I never want to, you know, I don't want to do that, but yeah, definitely have your art assets ready, have them nicely, uh, you know, uh, I usually like to get them in, you know, by, by, by component type. So I'm not having to look three different places to figure out, okay, what art goes to what component and, uh, and have your dimensions too. Cause we always model everything to like real world scale. So always having the dimensions for me is super important too. And then usually other good, other great things that I like to ask for are, are pictures of the prototype. They have one, uh, so I can see the setup that makes me, uh, you know, so the first thing I do is once I model everything, then I'll lay it out um, as it looks like, you know, how we want it to look on the table, uh, like people are playing. Uh, so that's always important to have. And yeah, having just having some idea of what you want to see. Again, like I always tell clients, like, you know your game better than me. One of the benefits of being a game designer myself is that I'll, I'll look at it. I'll look at things from, I think, three different perspectives, obviously, as a professional animator and videographer. I know, you know, good editing and, and, and good flow and things like that. Cool cinematography. Then as a game designer, uh, I kind of look at a game and say, oh, this is a cool, you know, these are these are the cool uh, uh, board game mechanics in them. Uh, this is what we should show. And then as a fan of board games as well and Kickstarters myself, I've backed like a ton myself. I kind of, you know, again, I know what I want to see. So I think I, I come at them. I come at a video from three kind of different perspectives so let's say i'm a uh, i'm a client first of all it, it sucks when people ask you to rush things and oh, i gotta have it by next week <laughs> if if they're not ready they shouldn't launch i mean it's, it's what it is um i think the quickest like, one i think the quickest one we ever did was a, a gift package like six gifts in like four days it was crazy <laughs> wow <laughs> but it was for a big company it was like our second job so i i did it <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you got to take those jobs. Like, so let's say a client comes up to you. Do you prefer when they tell you like exactly what they want? Or do you prefer more like free reign where it's like, here's my assets. Uh, see what you can do for me. Like what, what, what do you like more? Yeah, it's hard to say. I, I've liked both. I mean, if, I mean, there's pros and cons. Sometimes if uh, a client comes with exactly what they want and like a full storyboard, and uh they're extremely picky with the end result and they'll just want you know uh, change after change to make sure they get it whereas if it's you know more a lot of times when they give me free reign and they see what they get they're they're super stoked and you know and absolutely are surprised and, and love love it um yeah and then there's in the middle where it's a bit of both and and i'm fine and i mean that that's actually a big reason i kind of left i decided you know what? i'm gonna leave studios i'm gonna go on my own because then i'm I'm only answering to one client rather than, you know, uh, 
a lead animator, then the you know the, the animation supervisor, and then the director of the show, and then the producers, and <laughs> you know yeah. all the crap trickles down to us artists. So <laughs> I was like, ah, I'm I'm gonna, I'm gonna go on my own for now. <laughs> I've done it for almost twenty years. Have you have you ever gotten like a client where it's like they like you do work for them they're like I don't like this at all this is horrible <laughs> again the 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 ones that, that that come in super late with tight deadlines and and need it you know yesterday those are tough but again sometimes sometimes I do it because I'm excited about the project and uh, you know I know it'll help in in the long run so David when it comes to your pricing. Uh... Do you charge per hour? Do you charge per package? I, I imagine if people want lots of revisions, you're gonna to have to be compensated for that. So is there? I know a lot of freelancers. What they'll tend to do is they'll have a package and they allow one round of revisions, and then any more revisions after that, you have to pay additional charges. So what's your kind of pricing structure? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't been too um, like the way pricing is changing. If you go to a website now, ignore it because I'm now that I'm on my own, I have to update that, which I haven't gotten to yet. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's a, their ballpark prices. They're going to be a little higher now. I mean, that's one challenge. I think me and other uh, people who have been doing Kickstarter videos have been talking, you know, with, with each other about is, is pricing because this tends to be, uh, you know, it's expensive. It's a lot of work to get these done many, many hours. And, you know, definitely the pricing I started at was is much lower than what a lot of people pay especially in different markets like when you're talking about you know andrew might know marketing for you know like products and and on television and things like you're paying thousands and thousands of dollars for like a minute of 3d so obviously i like the you know our client base is a lot of indie indie publishers and uh so i'll definitely try and you know work work within their budget uh but yeah a lot of times now doing it for two years um, definitely slowly trying to get it back to where it should be or, you know, but yeah, again, uh, I'll always work with a client, uh, and get their budget and, and to basically tell them, okay, this is what we can do for this amount. So whether it's, um, and yeah, I generally for revisions, I'm not, I get, actually I had a recent client who had me do, uh, the back of their box, uh, for the game, which is, which is the first time. So that's cool. But, um, yeah, I think after the sixth revision, you know, I had to say. Uh, actually, he offered. He said, "Hey, I know I'm 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 giving you way more revision than I expected. Uh, don't mind charging me a bit more," which was very very nice of, of them. Uh, so, how yeah. how much time uh, should like so? Let's say a Kickstarter client comes to you and wants some some artwork done, some videos done, or some some gifts done. What what's like the average turnaround time? What should they expect? Uh, how long should they expect it to? To, so, to be created because i've got a, i've usually got a few going at the same time i usually like to say at least from like beginning of production probably at least four weeks again if, if i was just working on one project full time i say well now that i'm alone it's different but um yeah when i had a few guys with me uh we could probably turn one around in in two but um and i even on my on my own i could probably do that if i worked full time like mm -hmm. uh, uh like a longer one uh, but yeah, even like a short, like a one minute simple one in like a white environment, I could probably turn that around in a week. Uh, but again, that's only if I was working just on that. But, you know, like right now I've got three videos on the go at the same time and another one I got to start next week. So, mm -hmm. yeah. So for those of you who are listening and are, t are, are not good at planning, uh, <laughs> 
give yourself at least Three a month <laughs> yeah, yeah. before it goes on Kickstarter to get your assets going. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, one of the sure. one of the things that drives me nuts. It doesn't drive me nuts. That's maybe it grinds my gears. Is a better way to put it. Is when people say, "Oh, you know, can you market our game? We're going live on this date." And then you know, as we you know, first thing we'll do is we'll ask, you know, why are you launching on that date? Does it have to be that date? And they're like, oh, you know, I just really wanted to launch on that date. It's like, well, <laughs> yeah, that's know, one thing. Wait, I, wait. Yeah, the longer I've done this, like probably in the first year, I wasn't giving too much general advice. You know, I was new to it. And and I, I definitely being behind the scenes on the Kickstarter for Fossilis, I learned a lot too. Uh, but yeah, and just, just working with, with Kickstarter creators, I've definitely, now this past year, I, I give a lot more advice if I see them kind of, going the wrong direction with certain things but yeah the date is definitely i always tell, like don't don't be a slave to a date like there's no reason unless you i don't know what outside forces might commit someone to a certain date i know i know i've heard from some people that oh we, we you know we we planned our our board game geek ads already for that and you can't cancel it or something i don't know so i get it like that but yeah if you can't if you can't slip it a bit then Especially, I was from again, like you and for marketing. Um, I've definitely, you know, a lot, and I hate to say it, a lot of like I'll see again doing this for a while, being a designer, backing Kickstarter games for a few years. Like, I tend to have an, a feeling when I get a game's assets if I think it'll it'll fund or not and that, again that's why i try and give a lot more advice now because if i think that I'll, I'll i want them to succeed obviously we're making a video but you know the awesomest video isn't gonna you know fund fund a, a game there's definitely been games that we've done really cool videos for that I haven't funded whether it's for a lack of marketing whether the artwork isn't not enough money was spent there whether it's the design itself you know so that's always a bummer to see uh, but again, I try and give a little more general Kickstarter advice, even outside of of videography per se. Yeah, you know, I I think that um, a lot of the time, first time creators tend to have these types of issues. But people mm -hmm. that have um, created and you know, or created a game and have gone through the process once before are a little more wise. They're oh like, yeah, okay, I'm gonna yeah. figure it out. Uh, yeah. We're gonna have everything in place beforehand and. That sort of thing. But even then, you know, it still gets to be, you know, like for myself, uh, even though it was my first project with uh, Deliverance, I had a baby come in and it was like, I need to make sure my Kickstarter campaign is over before the baby arrives. And so it was as much as I wanted to delay just a little bit longer, I felt like if I did, then I would just, mm. I mean, the truth is that if I did delay another month, uh, my baby was born. I, I, I launched on like June 8th and uh, went through like July 8th or so. And uh, if I if I waited a month and launched July to August, it would have been risky. But a month and a half, I would have had a baby in my final 48 hours. You know, it would have been <laughs> very bad, right? And so certain, you know, when whenever I better qualify, you know, when somebody says I have a, I have this launch date and it's it's in, inflexible or it's it's there are reasons sure. that are completely legit for yeah. saying, Hey, you know, this is the launch date and that's, that's all we can do. And we have to work it within those parameters. That's a fair thing to say. You know, yeah. I just, I think that it, it makes sense to, you know, not commit yourself to a launch date unless you must. Right. right. And uh, so anyway, 
Yeah, because a lot of a lot of my clients are are first time you know publishers. I've had a few. I have a few clients who you know come back and and are kind of medium sized or larger publishers. You know, luckily I, I work a lot with with my publisher, Kids Table, as well as their other imprint, Burn Island Games, Grand Gamers Guild. We've done a few uh, things with with Mark there. I just did one for Pandasaurus, so I hope they come back because that was an awesome video for Skate Summer, which was a lot of fun. Uh, but yeah, like you said, like even even people who've done it a lot, like Burn Island, we did their Into Deep uh, video and, and gifts and stuff, and and that that uh, failed. They canceled it the first time around. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think they had the launch they expected. Uh, they came back a, a couple weeks later, and, and it did amazing. So, you know, you never yeah. know. Yeah, sometimes, you know, like when we did Skyrim on GameFound, it was like, all right, we're not sure when. We think it's this time. We think it's that time. And then all of a sudden, it was like, all right, it's three weeks from now or something. Like, <laughs> okay, you know, we're Yeah, we're doing a bit, of, bit of a rush. Yeah. Now, I think one thing, you know, we talked about pricing and how, you know, you're trying to keep your pricing reasonable for independent creators. I think one thing independent people could, or independent board game developers could, could think, and maybe they can recap some of their costs, is that your video can actually be used as part yeah. of their advertising. Yeah. So the sooner the better to get a video produced. And oftentimes that, and I'm looking at uh, your, your previous clients, and a lot of them are our clients. So we've used your videos that you've produced as advertisements before the Kickstarter. So that's yeah, another that's way for, for people to think of is that not only is it going to be used on the Kickstarter page, but we can actually cut segments and use yeah, it as part I, of advertising I, 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 on Facebook. And they can kind of recap some of their production costs by kind of using it in a multi-purpose fashion. With that being said, do you offer a package where you like exclusively do like Facebook ads or social ads uh, with, with video content? Yeah, not not specifically, but uh, obviously, if someone approached me to do that, then that's absolutely fine. Like I know uh, for Grand Gamers Guild for uh, Artemis Odyssey, Mark asked me to do some stills for for marketing specifically uh, for Facebook ads. Um, so we did some really really nice, you know. Uh, layouts of of you know a few components not not necessarily the whole game putting like cool space backgrounds and and the title and everything so it's definitely something i'd I'd love to to do more and 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 i probably i'll probably add it to the website but yeah there's still things i want to get into um one also is uh you know doing kickstarter full kickstarter pages that's something i did offer the first year and i did two of them and realized just how much how much work it is to to do and then to keep updated for the client during it and I, again i'm I'm not a, a big graphic designer so it was yeah I, that's definitely somewhere where i I'm, i want to find a designer to work with uh mm-hmm. kind of because again we can we can supply uh like we did for you we can supply you with with cool great 3d images of, of miniatures of all the components to use and like the you know what's in the box section and stuff like that uh, but actually like laying it all out and making it look pretty that's not a strength of mine <laughs> I <can admit> yeah. <laughs> yeah i think um you know working with you and then uh, chip cole is was my graphic uh designer he's, he's nice. the one that i work with he just he's able to you know paint something if i need uh, you know, I'll, I'll give him my, I, I gave him my art assets and it's like, I want something that, you know, frames my, you know, each individual stretch. Goal. Yeah. So he made uh, something like that for me. And, uh, you know, it's it, like an editable Photoshop file or something so that I can update it and nice. things like that. And then, you know, what, what, uh, you did for me that was so helpful many, many times it was like, all right, I need <laughs> health yeah. dials. We're going to do health dials now. And I'm going to have my, my, my artist 
you know, did the painting of a health dial, but I need this to look like a health dial, David, can yeah. you turn it in the 3d health dial real quick. And, uh, you did that and send it, you know, sent me a, like a PNG file where it looked like 3d health dials. And I just threw it into that stretch goal graphic and it's like, here it is. And everyone was like, wow, amazing. It's cool how you thought this ahead or thought ahead so far. And it's like, dude, you don't even know. <laughs> I just asked David for this an hour ago. Yeah. Um, well, if but, I recall correctly, your your the health in your game, the concept of it, like using counters and using different little slide things, it's changed quite a few times. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a funny story in and of itself. But uh, you know, part of part of that, just from a game design perspective, is how many times somebody needs to actually touch or you know use mental energy to you know complete whatever the process is. And uh, one of the things that is difficult with a health dial is, um, you know, if you, let's say I start with 10 health and then you, you count down from 10, you know, to, um, deal, you know, so you, I I'm dealt five damage. So now the dial's at five, you know, and then I heal back up to five, you know, back up to full, I'm, I'm back at 10, but then what if I gain one maximum health? Um, you know, I would, I would be at 11, right. Mm -hmm. But what if I took five damage, you know, would I, would I go up to six or, you know, what, what would happen? And there are these weird edge cases. And then, but uh, what, what we did was we did an additive damage thing where if you, if the health dials at zero, it's because you've taken zero damage and you've got your maximum health, which can vary. It's if it's 10 or 20 or, you know, 15, whatever, it doesn't matter. It just matters how much damage you take. And that's what actually allowed us to use a health dial and uh, makes, makes life a little bit easier. So uh, we kind of came up with that on the fly during our Kickstarter campaign because it it just sounded fun and it worked and you know I got the manufacturing quote for it and it was reasonable so I'm like David help yeah because we did the other big thing we did was the acrylic the acrylic standees right mm -hmm. yeah that was like a, an addition during the stretch goals yeah because everyone was uh, you know we had our our angel miniatures and everyone wanted to see a set of like they wanted to see demon miniatures. And I had no intention of doing that because then the box would be double the size and it would be very expensive and super time consuming to get those those uh, 3D sculpts finished. So I had no intent of doing that, but I wanted to listen to my audience, you know, and just respond to them because they had some great ideas and acrylic standees would upgrade the the look and the quality of the game and they weren't ridiculously expensive. So... I was able to include, in fact, we even improved the all-in edition of the game with a uh, with a free, quote-unquote, a free set of acrylic standees uh, where the all-in edition originally came, you know, with the deluxe version of the game, the neoprene mat, the metal coins, uh, of course, the miniatures, and uh, the um, the value, a lot of backers were saying, you know, I, I love this game, I want to support the game, but I'm at the deluxe tier right now, and I'm just not quite convinced by the value of the all in it's kind of expensive for the uh what i get and i'm i'm thinking like you know it's great because you've got the neoprene mat which is huge but backer um backers are smart and it was like i just need one thing to kind of push Tip them it. over the edge yeah. Yeah. and the acrylic standees were, were great and i i asked you about them and you're like yeah i can do that so yeah. it, it made my life a lot easier just by having you on kind of on board. So I had a question about, you know, this is kind of gets into your opinion about various things. You know, if, if somebody wants to, <clears throat> well, what I say is 
every Kickstarter project or every crowdfunding project, every board game, it has its, you know, different trajectory. You know, some games are going to be more successful than others, are going to make more money than others. But, you know, and, and a lot of that depends on, you know, what your email list size is and how much trust backers have for you and so on and so forth. But, you know, looking at each individual game in a silo, you want it to do as well as it possibly can, right? Yeah. You want to give it its best possible chance for success at whatever level that designer is at, if they're a first-time designer or if they're very well established. And so I had questions related to your opinion on certain things. Like the first one is, you know, how some of these videos are a ton of cinematography and no gameplay. What is your opinion on that? Is that, is it, like does that. it hurt the game when there's like zero 3d renders of like how the game moves and, and, and interacts and it's just like a hype trailer in essence? Um, or would you recommend that for certain products? Yeah, it, it definitely depends. Like we have, there's a few kind of styles that we've done. We've done ones where like deliverance where it starts with, you know, and I generally like when I see a game with a lot of cool 2d art, I usually like to start with like a 2d intro that shows off that art in a cool way. And we animate it and, and it brings you right into the theme. There's probably smaller games. Like recently we did one for dinosaur exhibit, which is uh, like a kid's fossil kind of game. Yeah. That one, we just pure 3d. It, it didn't have, it was a little more abstract. So it didn't have a, a ton of illustrations. So we went straight into the 3d straight into the gameplay. So yeah, it definitely depends on the type of game. And again, also how big it is too, right? I think the bigger the game is, the more time you can put into a video because uh, the more stuff you want to show. So again, for a, a simple game like that, you know, maybe a minute uh, is good enough for something like uh, Into Deep or Deliverance, you know, closer to two minutes is is what you want to show. I definitely like to see, I like to see the game come alive. I think that's where the strength of animation is. Uh, for instance, I think I just saw the the one for the, the Jurassic Park, the game that just came out on Kickstarter. The, it has some beautiful like product shots, but for me, I'm just like, it just it's repetitive right it's like the same shots really beautiful shots of a really cool looking game but for me i I don't know i want to see it moving i want to i want to picture how i'll be doing things or or what that looks like again even though there's no hands it's all moving by itself it's not realistic it's still just and again that's why i think the gifs uh are so good on on the uh, page too because you're seeing you're seeing things move and play out like they would at the table when you're when you're when you're manipulating everything so i think it's less you have to imagine less you can see yourself being like oh yeah okay i see how it works rather than reading you know the how to play with a with a picture then you have to imagine okay i get it i gotta read it understand it whereas if it's visual you immediately can get what's going on i think um for Garinto, uh, for Grand Gamers Guild, Mark recently told me, he's like, oh man, he's like, yeah, we put we put those gifts, and, and again, to what uh, you said about different ways to use what we do, he put those gifts on his page and pretty much created a how to play with those gifts. And he's like, yeah, people people tell me they learn how to play the game from your gifts, which is awesome. <laughs> so, and, if, uh, if only they would work in uh, game manuals. Yeah. These days we'll have interactive game manuals. Like, yeah. That would be good. But yeah, I have a, I have a I have another client we're doing and yeah, they, they, they planned that from the start. They want me to do like the most gifts I've ever done for anybody because they want to, I think they have an app that they want to have the gifts in just to 
to see how to play, right? Because so many people love to watch. You know, that's why we that's why we love Rodney, right? He shows us how to yeah. play. So, uh. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think that the principle, the marketing principle, goes back to demonstrating your product, right? You yeah. want to really give. One of the things that I find is that uh, nine out of ten, uh, whether they be clients or just consumers, they cannot envision a finished product. They what they what oftentimes they'll do is they'll look at what it is that you presented and say, this is what I get. And uh, I, I think that a still image, it, it doesn't demonstrate a product very well other than just the simple table presence, which could be a huge deal. Something like Everdell, for example, that has a giant ah, wooden tree and a very uh, pleasing board and, and whatnot. That's, you know, or, or tidal blades, you know, great, another great example of a game oh, you want to talk about a, a video yeah so uh yeah so there there are a couple of you know very visually pleasing products that kind of showcase that's one of the reasons you would buy them is just because of the pure table presence and how it, it kind of sucks you in yeah. but i think that a lot of people tend to fail when they create this video that doesn't it doesn't do a good job demonstrating what the experience is like mm -hmm. and what I always wanted for, you know, for any game that's highly thematic, Deliverance included, I wanted to demonstrate not only what the game looks like and how it plays, but I wanted people to see the, the, the ambience and, and how, the, how it feels, how, how it should feel when you open a box. Yeah. And, um, I think you did a pretty good job with that. I, you, you did a couple of things like um, just little growls for the bad guys, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah. Explosions yeah, sound effects, when yeah. you deal damage. Uh, yeah, it's it was it just little things like that. I think can add like a little magic touch to the videos. It's like, oh, this guy moves and then deals damage, and then you know he hits really hard or whatever, and it makes you. It kind of gives you a flavor for the actual product itself. You know, a really good video. So that's yeah, yeah. I, it's, I like it's, it's it's immersing the the players into the theme. You know. Yeah, like those impact sounds when like the miniatures drop and like gave, oh, made, them, made them feel weighty. It was cool. Yeah. So when it comes to like exporting these videos, you're doing them on all, all 3D. Do you have a massive like render farm rig or do you outsource to like a third party render farm? And then when it comes to like exporting a video, what's the time frame that our, you know, your clients should be expecting to actually get the video exported? No, we're, we're actually doing it on one box at home. Uh, that's one thing I've, I've always outsourced to, to my buddy Noah, who's been with me since the beginning. Uh, he's always done the lighting and the rendering. Yeah, he just does it on his one machine. And now I've taken over that going on my own. Um, actually, just today I was doing my first kind of render test. That, that's a part of kind of the pipeline I've never really done. Like, Great, like I said, my whole career I've been an animator. Like I make I make creatures move. I know, you know, I know how to model, I know how to texture, I know how to light and render. I learned all that, but it's never been like a, a strength. Uh but yeah, so now now that I'm on my own, I'm you know, I'm trying to do more of it myself so I don't have to pay so many people. <laughs> but uh yeah, like uh, I'll be able I'm rendering one and I should be able to render it overnight. Um I use okay. a, I use a renderer called Redshift, and it's super fast, and it makes really nice looking uh, looking stuff. And we always do some. We always do post. We'll, we'll bring the footage into After Effects, and you know, crank play with the color and crank the you know the contrast and things like that. So what comes out of the renderer isn't isn't what you see at the end. 
right? There's there's always kind of post-processing to do on it. Um, but yeah, the actual rendering part, you know, it takes a while that you want to set up all the lighting and make sure it all looks good, especially when you've got a, a really detailed uh, environment because, you know, you want... Not, again, you're the the focus is showing off the game, but when I go through the trouble of creating a really nice environment, there's always a few shots where, you know, it's in the background looking really nice. And <laughs> again, adds to that thematic feel. Cool. Like for me, I always tell clients my, I think I feel like my job is to get them to look at the rest of the page, right? The videos on top, the majority of the information they'll want is on the page. So if my minute or two minute video will be like, Oh, this is awesome. Let me find out more. Then I feel like I've, I've done my job. Yeah. And you know, whether, whether they back or not, I think depends on the rest of the rest of the, the information they find on there. Right? Yeah. I, uh, I find, you know, using your services and, and kind of from a, a broader perspective of overall marketing, the video is a really useful asset that you can use to, to build hype. You know, mm-hmm. for me, I, I think we had the trailer done a little while before yeah. we launched and it was, you know, the, the, I didn't want my audience to have to wait until the Kickstarter went live to see the video because there are so many things to ingest as far as information wise, when, you know, it can be information mm-hmm. overload when a Kickstarter page launch when a Kickstarter launches that there's a lot of information to review on the page and you may end up, you know, let's say a person runs and backs the, the game right away. They still have a lot of information to absorb just because a person backs your game on day one as a, as a fan of yours doesn't necessarily mean that they are going to keep their pledge. Mm. It doesn't necessarily mean they're not going to ask for a refund. And so I think, you know, the, one of the best ways to sell things is to get someone to absorb information about a product. So uh, many times when, uh, you know, I have every once in a while, I'll have somebody request a cancellation and I'll always add like an intermediary step in between actually processing the cancellation, you know, which is just to, you know, say, Hey, just, just so you know, I can refund, I can refund 90% because Kickstarter and Stripe took out their, their pound of flesh. Right. So it's 10% basically of the, the fees have been taken out so I can refund 90% of their pledge at this point. I'm just curious, you know, why uh, you would like to cancel. And then also I let them know, you know, if you would approve this, then I can process your cancellation. Mm -hmm. And every single time they're like, Oh, you know, I mean, sometimes they're like, Oh, I had a medical incident and I'm just looking to save money as you know, in any way that I can. And, you know, then no problem. I'll refund hundred percent at that point. Right. But um, if somebody's like, Oh, it doesn't happen to us Canadians. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Got your. Sorry, I had to. I had to put a dig in there. <laughs> so yeah, and then you know, other people will be like, "Oh, you know, I'm just not sure that this game would actually see play in my house," hmm. and that opens up a kind of a little bit of a thread of conversation. And every single time that it's ever opened like that, it's either it's and and people are very willing to explain what their reasoning is. And uh, they, they never just say, I just want a refund, you know, give me a refund now, punk. They're like, oh, I need a refund because of X. But sometimes it's like, oh, I'm not sure that I want this compared to the new hotness that's out. Mm. And that's mm-hmm. a real thing to contend with. But with my people, they always 
you know, unless it's a medical emergency or unless, you know, if they have to, they had a very unexpected expense, like their engine exploded in their car and they need to, you know, re- uh, re- recoup as much investment uh, from everywhere that they can. Um, every single case so far, and there have been probably, you know, maybe 20 cancellation requests, uh, 15 of them have decided not to cancel oh, after nice. like, you know, a question or two. And all that I'm doing is just kind of just reminding them about what it is that they already know. You know, they, they've done lots of research on the game. It's just been a while, right? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's been eight months or something since the Kickstarter campaign finished. And, you know, it's not in their hands. It's far off and they, they, they're getting marketed all, all of these new products. And, um, you know, your, your product still has to kind of stand the test of time as far as value, per, perceived value. So I think that the video, it's a long-winded way of saying that the video is a great opportunity to get people to absorb information. So if you can release a video before the Kickstarter launches and make it kind of the feature of like one of your emails, for example, Mm -hmm. then it becomes the centerpiece of that email and people will watch the whole thing and they'll break it down and they'll pause it and zoom in and be like, oh, it shows a card with this, these stats on it, or this guy's name, I see his ability. It, you know, they'll do things like that and they'll really absorb a lot of information because that's the only source of information that they have to absorb, sure. right? Versus the Kickstarter type, type, page, which right? is 900 yeah. feet long. So David, I don't know if you saw, we had a, a client who had a game called Crescent Cannons and they had a Kickstarter video that you stop motion animation. And I thought it was just a really cool way of doing a Kickstarter video. I don't I is, remember this one. Yeah. Is that is that something that you plan on doing in the future or maybe getting into? Like if someone sent you a prototype, would you be able to do like a stop motion? I mean, again, I can I can do this in 3D. You know, like <laughs> that's a good thing. There's a, a you can you can make it look stop motion if you want. You, you basically skip, uh, you know, maybe skip the two frames. Or three frames between things. Yeah, I've never actually done stop motion myself, so I prob I probably wouldn't focus on this. It's cool though. It, it's a cool video. So artists often have their own style of art, right? A yeah. 2D artist, you don't want to go to a 2D artist and say, hey, make me something in 3D mm-hmm. or a vector artist and say, hey, illustrate me something um, because they have their style, right? And you kind of want to match the artist and their art style to your game. If that's what you're looking for, that's why you might want to contract yeah. with that artist, right? Are videographers the same? You know, I like one example would be, a videographer that I, that I used, uh, early on to do some, um, you know, to do some like basically gameplay recording, like some live yeah, yeah. footage, a, a videographer like that wouldn't necessarily have the skill set to do what it is that you're doing. No, right? no. Yeah. And, like, like you said, that that's, uh, I've, like I said, I've done some collaborations with two other videographers that, that people know well, uh, Oria Kagan from Monero and George Georgiatis from, uh, uh, or sorry, he's from Monero, Kagan, Kagan Productions. Um, but George does great live action stuff. So we did one recently, uh, all three of us, we did our first collaboration on Pericle. My my 2D guy, Noah, he was too busy. So I asked Ori, and, and Ori and I have worked together on some as well, just the two of us. So he did all, my, all the 2D uh, animation for it because that's the strength of his. And uh, George provided me with a bunch of live action footage that he shot because his background is in videography like uh, live action. So yeah, so we kind of, and then I did all the 3D. So we kind of brought all three of our strengths uh, together to make a really cool video. And I think Pericles, I think it's still on. It's doing pretty well. Um, 
yeah, but yeah but no, but, funded or something yeah and there, there's a really cool shot that when i knew okay this is our this is gonna be the first one where i'm incorporating live action i was like oh let's let's do a, a really cool blend so what i had uh i i did a rough 3d mock-up of a shot i wanted to do um and it was a shot of like the uh, the camera pulling back and kind of showing the whole table and then i had him i'm like do a very similar camera move uh with people starting to like put stuff on the table um and so we matched and then i matched it as close as i could with mine and and noah uh in after effects did this really cool blend so it, it transitions from like 2d uh, or 3d to live action and even put like a, a cool like cartoony effect on the hand when it comes in so it looks like it goes from like a cartoon hand to live action yeah that's it's, it's good stuff like so we all have our strengths um Cool. And I think it's always good to leverage those when you can. And as far as style, yeah, I think a lot of times I'll see I'll see a video, I'll be like, oh, that's you know that's so and so's video. You, you can kind of <laughs> tell. So like you're right, we definitely each have a style of, of video. Yeah. So uh, let's see what what else do you guys want to ask? What else do you guys want to ask, David? Um, when it comes to like clients coming to you. Are there any like specific types or styles of assets that you prefer receiving or, you know, is it just photos or what, what works yeah. best uh, for, for these type of, of, of uh, videos and gifts and whatnot? If you have a lot of 2d art and you think you want us to animate that, ask your illustrator uh, if, again, if you haven't had it done already, or you know, it's a good way to get it done anyways, have them, created in layers that that are usable to animate right so if you're creating a character have the character on one layer have the background or midground or foreground in different layers in photoshop because then that that saves us a ton of time because uh, if we get a flattened image and you want us to animate a character then we have to you know cut it all out and then if it's moving then we have to repaint the background so we will you know your budget will go or the money obviously will go a lot further if we get uh you know already awesome layers and then we can just jump in and and uh, you know skip all that setup right we don't have to spend hours uh cleaning it up uh so that's the biggest one that's yeah huge. like yeah i i uh i, I want to chime in i had my my artist and this has happens a lot of time when <clears throat> when we were smaller i would take whatever assets i could it, when it was just me and look to develop our, you know, ads for clients and, um, great. You know, a lot of the time clients had assets in layers with backgrounds that were painted and lot. So I could take, you know, the Viking from like Rurik stone and blade, <clears throat> there was a Viking on the corner or on the cover. And I was able to take that out and put it, you know, superimpose it on a, a different background and it looked great. But a lot of the time, when I get assets, when we get assets now, they're all flat. Mm -hmm. And yeah. that drives me crazy. I mean, sometimes you just have to ask, like a lot of, if we get flat stuff, I'll always ask a client, hey, can you ask your illustrator if they have the layered Photoshop files? Because it'll make our life easier. Sometimes yeah. they do, sometimes they don't. Um, you know, yeah, early just... on, um, my illustrator would flatten files after, after working in layers, he would flatten mm -hmm. them and then save them and remove the, you know, the, the files from his hard drive to save space. Oh. And uh, it was like, oh man, did you just flat? <laughs> right yeah, I mean, I always, I always save everything in a layered version and then, and then flattened version. Do you have backups on the cloud or something just in case? I know your hard drives. Yeah, I actually, just so going on my own and and 
doing the rendering myself. I got I just bought, got myself a beefy new system because I think my old computer was 12 years old. Yeah, so I got a beefed up computer. I got a nice little NAS system. Uh, so now everything gets backed up on, uh, you know, there's like two hard drives that working together. So now I got a nice, uh, a good backup. So what about, um, I mean, continue what you were saying, you know, when somebody hands you assets, you were talking about make sure that you can give them or that they give you layered assets if they can. But mm -hmm. when you say assets, you also mean things like cards and tokens yeah. and all of those. Yeah, components. we need, yeah, we need all the art, all the, all the art. Uh, if you, if you have one thing I've learned to do, uh, if you have, you know, standees that are different shapes, right. That, that aren't just simple shapes or, or even player boards, especially that are like dual layered and have like holes in them. If you give me the illustrator file, I can grab the curves and copy them and create what's called an SVG in Maya and bam, I get the curves. I get a 3d version of it right there. So that, that oh, saves cool. a ton of time. So if, if you've got those, uh, that's, that's great for me to get. Cause yeah, it, it you know, if I had to do that by hand, it would, you know, take, take quite a while. Whereas I just, you know, go copy, paste, poof. And I still have to, I, I still have to do stuff to it, but it gets me like, you know, 75% of the way there, you know, with a few clicks. So that's a, that's a big one. Um, and again, yeah, just, uh, again, having it all organized well for us too is, is a big help. I remember I had one where it, everything was just in one folder and I'm like, ah, what, it, what? and they're just named, you know, uh, all different names. So I have to like open up the rule book, check what's there, look in here, find the dimensions that, you know, again, it's just, it's easier for me to, when it's organized well, because again, you, you know, your game the best. So I'm, I'm coming in cold. I don't know what I'm looking at. When, when someone's going to send you assets, do you prefer like having it on the cloud and just that way you can just pull it? So or? generally, generally I create a, like a Google drive for each project and then I'll, 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 I'll have a folder for, for the client to, to drop stuff in. And then I create like a delivery folder and if I need to pass stuff to them, that's where it goes. And uh, yeah, I'll usually keep that a few weeks after we're finished and then just delete it. What advice would you give to somebody that is gearing up for a project? Yeah. Like I said, when I get a project, I always have a feeling like, oh no, I'm not sure this will fund, you know? <laughs> and a lot of times it's, it's, and I know it's not the only thing and it, it might be just me, but the, the artwork a lot of times is what gives me that feeling. Or I, I can tell they skimped kind of on an illustrator or whatever, and it's just not at that level. And yeah, just obviously put as much as you can into that. Cause there, you know, there's some, there's been some, uh, and I guess it's, it's per backer, right? I'm sure a lot of backers, they just want to see great gameplay. They could care less about the art, but a lot I of. I would beg to differ. I think the yeah. art matters in the gameplay. Oh, yeah. is like, you know, totally secondary. I, that, that's how I look at it too. But yeah, something like uh, last year, Flamecraft just did amazingly well just because it had such appealing artwork, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, so I'd say, and you know, it, it might just take, I don't know. Again, everyone's got a budget and it's it's easy for me to be like, spend more money on. <laughs> but um, yeah, and then also, again, uh, don't, a lot of times, uh, and again, I think it's, uh, you know, I can't expect everyone to know how much work goes into this, but a lot, a lot of work goes into, into videos like this. And you need to have a realistic expectation of like, you know, the hours that go into it and what you're going to pay for it. Cause I have found 
and you know there, there are some videographers there that i'm sure can are are, are making you know, are charging a lot less and uh maybe don't know the, the market as well and are underselling themselves but yeah you're gonna you definitely need to save you know for you know three to five thousand dollars to to get a, a video like this if not you know and that's for kind of a, a simpler one um because yeah a lot of times if if we were doing this for you know i don't know like a hershey's ad or, or some 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 big uh uh ad company we'd be charging you know three times as much mm-hmm. so <laughs> and that's that's how much it costs so again it goes with you know trying to stay within budgets and doing what we can but yeah if we want to um to do our best work then yeah the just the, and 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 like sean said like think about the other ways you can use it you're not just going to use it for you're going to get value in it in the future whether it's on your website whether it's for advertising whether it's for an app you'll be able to continue getting value out of it past mm-hmm. just just a kickstarter yep. so i think that's where when you're thinking about your budget and how much to to spend on a video um, i would definitely think about those things I've honestly done quotes where or someone will be like, oh, you know, it's a bit high and I'll try and work with them to get it to a place that feels comfortable. But I've also had people say, this is all they have. And I said, all right, you know, I can't do it for, for that much. It's just, that's not, that's not, that's not what it costs. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we see live action, right? Um, there's, uh, what's the one that I saw that was, again, it, it depends on how you do it, but I think it was Cora Quest. Mm-hmm. that did such a great little you know live action of the father and the daughter talking about the game and it was amazing that's all it needed mm-hmm. they didn't they didn't need a, a, a you know a three four thousand dollar animated video for that uh so i think if you can find a way to to do something and even if it's short then i think that's that's fine right like as long as again as long as you're showing the game off and like you said like showing how it works and people can see what's in it then i think that's what and and it'll interest them to keep looking at the page and you've got that really tight you know that's what you have to do right and that's all the time we have for this week's episode of crowdfunding nerds a big shout out to david diaz of mesa game lab for joining us and providing his very very intellectual feedback for us And if you like this episode, which I don't know who does, but if you do, visit us at crowdfundingnerds.com and check out our previous episodes. Stick around for next week's episode because we're going to find out if sexy Irish Sean loses his sexiness. But until then, stay nerdy. Spoiler, I do.